welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hossman, and I am super excited to be joined today by the CEO of NC Custom, head of M&A and business development and strategy for Nassau Candy, Lance Steyer. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely, Kirby. Thanks for having me. I, I'm, I'm su super excited to jump into our conversation. Um, in the interest of transparency, you and I talked sort of offline and got to know each other a little bit and queued up this conversation. So I'm fired up to ask you a few of these questions. So um, you and your team have been making a splash sort of in the promo world. I know you have uh, business interests in and outside of the industry. So can you talk about that announcement and how you feel uh, it will move forward? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, Kirby, so again, thank you for having me. And it's an honor to be here. I, uh, you know, one of the reasons I love the promotional products category is it's a category of entrepreneurs. Yeah. And, 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 and your, your story is no different. So, you know, in us getting to know one another, one of the things that I love is just your entrepreneurial spirit. So, and again, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks. So in terms of what we've got going on in, in the category, um, as you can see by, uh, the logos and, and graphics behind me, um, which which we're revealing here first, um, we are excited to announce a rebrand of, of our promotional products business. Mm -hmm. um, the brand is going to be NC Custom, and the subsidiary brands will be Chocolate Inn, Lanco, and Ace. And the strategy being that this is kind of a continuum. Um, when we started out with uh, Chocolate Inn, which was the first um, deal we did in 2010, um, you know, we partnered up with a gentleman by the name of David Miller. Mm -hmm. And we worked with David. Um, the goal initially was to study our distributors, our, our you know, um, distributor customers, and say, what is it that makes them tick? What's it that's important to them? And we've kind of been on this journey for the last 10 years of, of sort of following that story. And so in 2010, we were really focused on the edible category. And at that point, we, we studied, you know, our, our customers and we studied some of the distributor websites. And what we learned was that people were looking for color. They were looking for faster turnaround on items. And obviously, they were looking for a broader portfolio of products beyond at the time just chocolate skews, which is what we were offering at the time. Yeah. So our goal was to expand that product portfolio, to expand, expand our range of printing capabilities, and to expand our... Um, are obviously increase our, our, our turnaround times to get things done faster because people look for things done faster. Um, and so we did that. And, and so the goal over the handful of, of acquisitions we, we did with, um, you know, in the first sort of series was to build a leadership platform in the edible category um, to bring some of the expertise we have from our Nassau Candy parent company um, into the promotional products category. Um, Nassau Candy, just for your own edification, is the largest um, specialty manufacturer um, supplier in North America of gourmet food and confectionery products. So um, some of the things we're doing now in the category, kind of building that legacy. But we, 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 had, we first built the leadership platform in, in the food space, and, and we want it to be vertically integrated. So the goal being to have, um, you know, custom products. So both having, um, you know, the edible products themselves, um, the chocolate products themselves, as well as, um, you know, a range of thousands of, of, of items. And then in addition to that, combine it with specialty packaging, whether it was flexographically printed film or die cutting, et cetera. And that was kind of the first um, sort of iteration, so to speak, of, right. of, of the chocolate in story. Um, subsequent to that, um, a couple of years ago, um, we expanded into the hard goods and uh, health and beauty business. 
um, through the acquisition of Lanco, um, as well as the soft goods business. And the reason we, we did that deal was at the time, you know, we were in, in the promotional products market, we were covering roughly 2% of total category spend um, in the edible category. And then we, we wanted to be more important to our distributor customers. You know, um, it was kind of, I'm a pretty competitive guy and, and so is David. And, and it was kind of driving us crazy when a distributor said, you know, we went another direction on a project that, um, oh yeah, well, we went another direction. And, and I said, you know, if we have more of the products that matter to them, maybe they'll go in sort of in our direction more often. <laughs> so w- one of the goals in acquiring Lanco was to kind of get into, you know, to use a food analogy, to get into the milk, butter, and eggs of the promotional products category. So our goal was to be more important to our distributor customers. And so, so we did that. And, and, and we've actually seen the benefit of that approach um, during this pandemic period, um, fortunately, in that um, we've had a, we have a very strong leadership position in, in the antibacterial space. We're a manufacturer of, of uh, sanitizer, lip balm, and some other health and beauty categories. And so we've seen kind of a run-up in, in that business. But, but anyways, when we acquired the Lanco business, expanded us beyond edible into some of the more core categories of the promotional industry. Yeah. And then most recently, in the last handful of years, um, we've done another series of acquisitions in the apparel category, um, most recently acquiring a company by the name of, of Ace USA, which is the market leader in the travel and resort category in um, outerwear, casual wear, and collections. So the reason we're going through um, this rebrand is because we believe that it's important for distributors to understand the story. We believe that it's important to explain how we can pull together all of these parts um, under one roof. Because where I kind of see this, this business going and the reason NC Custom is so important as a concept, but you know, subsidiary brands themselves are important as well, is because I, I, I believe what we're seeing in this sort of um, current period is distributors are looking for or solutions as opposed to promotional products. I'm seeing more and more promotional solutions in the form of kits and, 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 and things like that. So um, one of the big ideas in the promotional products business that we're kind of playing on is the value of delivering these full promotional solutions as opposed to promotional products. Obviously promotional products are important as a single item, but promotional solutions being able to kit the entire thing together for us is a really big idea. And so the umbrella focus of NC Custom at the end of the day is multi-category solutions. Um, In addition, on top of NC Custom, there's gonna be a very strong focus on design and collections building. And the reason for that is that we have a very strong background in the retail markets. And the same thing that works in the retail markets, we're sort of seeing now crossover into the promotional markets. So the idea being, you know, we always say collections sell in our retail business. And the reason that is, is because a customer is excited to pick up an apparel item that matches a drinkware item, that matches an edible item. You know, that's all thematic, maybe for a holiday or for, you know, a location they're at or, or what have you. And it's, it's, it's kind of the magic of that. So again, the same thing from our perspective will apply to the promotional markets where if we can have, you know, a well-curated assortment of products and then combine that with some great you know, design um, elements, I, we, we would imagine that distributors and, and obviously their end user customers 
will then be excited to pair up those items and obviously that'll raise you know the the average order value which is a great thing for for, for, for all parties in the ecosystem um, but but in addition the importance here is by combining these kits or combining these you know, cross-category solutions we're then pairing them up with some very large brands that have tremendous presence in in, in these markets and the idea You've seen us, for example, in the last couple of months, release announced deals with uh, Mrs. Fields. We've announced, we, we obviously are partners with uh, M&M Mars and some others. And so under the NC Custom umbrella, what you will see is more and more promotional products, um, solutions, or, or things that are playing to you know, the, the, where, where, where we see the market today. So for example, under the NC Custom umbrella in 2021, some things we're working on is are certain deals with these major partner brands where you can do an at-home night, for example, with Mrs. Fields. So imagine, you know, an at-home setup with Mrs. Fields with a baking collection, with a baking set, maybe an apron, a, you know, some sort of, of, of utensil, um, Mrs. Fields cookie dough, et cetera, you know, with, with shareable content and stuff that helps build the buzz yeah. around that event. And we'll then share that with our distributor partners to then you know, push out to their end user customers. So that you, people are looking to get over the monotony of, yeah. of, of sort of being at home. Yeah. And, and so you're going to see us do more and more of this under that, that NC custom halo. And, and that's one sort of concept we're working on. There are others we're working on with, with MMRs. And there's actually another brand that I spoke to today, which um, is incredibly well known in the consumer products markets. But the point being that um, these brands are, are, are looking at the corporate markets and saying, you know, how can we get access to these markets? And in the flip side, um, you know, distributors saying to us, and I'm sure your end user customers saying to you, you know, we're looking for things to keep our, you know, people and, and teams, et cetera, engaged. So I can think of sort of no better way than doing this through these sort of great collections and, and, and great sort of partner programs. And, and the idea being doing it under the NC custom brand, I think will hopefully intimate um, you know, the, the, the important messaging to distributors that we can be your full solution here of an edible company combined with, you know, a soft good, maybe an apron and combined with, um, you know, a hard good item and, and then deliver that solution for you guys in, in a well-packaged way. And that's, that's kind of the, the genesis of the rebrand. That's really cool. And you've, you've sort of covered, you know, I wanted to talk to you about curating collections. You did a great job of sort of, I, I, I definitely see that as a trend in the industry for sure. I'm curious, and I, I just want to go off uh, sort of the question that I was going to ask you, but I'm curious to know your thought about this. So more and more, we're seeing brands in our industry. And for a long time, that just wasn't the case. So I, I'm curious to know your thought because I know you do spend time in retail and that sort of thing. Why do you think um, brands do seem to be more interested in the industry now than they were say 10 or 15 years ago? Yeah, that's, it's a great point. Um, a, a couple thoughts I have on that topic. Number one is the marketing of um, suppliers and, and just the overall supplier community has probably gotten increasingly sophisticated. I'm sure the distributor community has gotten increasingly sophisticated. Mm. And as that happens, um, you are seeing a blurring of the lines between retail and promotional products. So when I first joined the promotional products industry, um, roughly 10, 10 plus years ago, you know, there, was, there were fewer um, brands, let's say outside of the apparel space, right? So I saw a bunch of apparel brands, but, but beyond that, you know, less and less. And then over the years we've seen 
you know, backpack brands or drinkware brands or confection brands kind of make their mark. And I think part of that is the, um, the realization that, that brands can have tremendous value as a promotional product. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, when I cut our first deal with Godiva back in 2010, you know, I was nervous that um, even though Godiva is an amazing brand, that people were not going to want to have the Godiva brand associated with the American Express brand, for example, because American Express didn't want to be outshined by the Godiva brand. And I was concerned right. about you know, some sort of brand conflict. But I think what we've seen is that brands connote quality in certain cases. Yeah. And there's a reason Nike is such a strong brand in the category or Under Armour or some others. Um, and I think that you know it's the same concept, I believe, in, in some of these other categories. As the marketing has got increasingly sophisticated, as people understand that those brands actually add value as opposed to detract from the value right. of the brands um, themselves that, 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 that we're all um, out there helping to grow and promote. I think that, 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 that's a big reason. I think the other really big reason is, is that we're seeing, um, and I'm seeing this in the pandemic as well, um, and, and we're seeing this in a lot of categories, um, that the market on a transaction basis may be um, you know, lesser, but the, the average order value is higher. So in other words, I think what we're seeing is a lot of people are trying to do things that are more and more impactful. Yeah. So when you're trying to create an impactful night for you know, a company, you know, if you do a Mrs. Fields at-home branded night or an M&M Mars at-home branded night or an event like that, you know, the recall you're going to get, the value you're going to get out of that night, I think is going to be exponential. Um, so I think that part of, part of the other value here is I think you're seeing A, sort of an increasingly sophisticated market, B, if people are seeing the value of brands, and I think C, people are seeing that, you know, brands help ultimately, you know, drive, um, you know, ultimately drive value. I also think that brands themselves, by the way, as I talk to them, are seeing the value of this marketplace. They're saying, you know, we want to access this, you know, 20, 25, you know, whatever the numbers end up at, billion dollar market, 30 billion, I don't, I don't know the exact number, but, but sizable market, and it's highly inefficient. It's, it's, it's highly fragmented. We want to get into this, but we don't know how. So I think that the other thing you're seeing is that, you know, suppliers like us, are talking to these brands and saying, okay, in places that we have great relationships, we, we can help you guys, guys do this so that, you know, you can get in front of, you know, these, this whole market that's not in you know, the IRI channels, you know, the, the, the sort of the channels where they typically traffic the grocery channel or the mass channel or the food channel. And, and, and those brands are super excited about it. As long as you can kind of deliver that message to a way in a way that sort of explain to them sort of the value of that. So I think that's why we're seeing a lot of brand stuff. And, you know, I'm curious for your perspective. No, it, that makes total sense to me. I, I agree with you. I think that, that brands have started looking around and I think retail has certainly, the shift in retail as we know it certainly has probably played an impact into that. They're looking at new ways to attract the track dollars and sales. And that makes sense to me. So um, I'm curious, final question for you. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm always curious to, because. I think it, we belabored 2020 to the point where it's gonna, just going to become like, oh, that was 2020, right? Like, so we've all lived through this different and challenging time. So Mike, I'm curious to know what advice you have for people that want to take 2021 sort of to the next level. Obviously, that's sort of what you guys are doing at NC Custom. So what advice would you have for people who want to take 2021 to the next level? That's a, that's a great question. Um, you know, <laughs> It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I think we, we've been through 
um, adversity a couple times in our business. Um, when we when we first acquired Chocolate Inn in 2010, um, we then acquired Taylor & Grant the following year. Mm. And at, when we did that acquisition, um, roughly nine months into that acquisition, we had um, Hurricane Sandy come through oh. our production facility. Right. And we had six feet of salt water in the plant and it was catastrophic. And we had to, you know, repair the lines. We had to, in the, at the time, we were, you know, at that time, roughly 75% of our business was fourth quarter driven, which has obviously changed today as we've sort of broadened out the portfolio. But um, we, we lost all of our inventory, lost all of our equipment. And we had to um, restock the inventory, make a lot of calls to our distributor customers, and um, obviously, you know, repair the equipment. And what happened was we kind of came together as a team. And, and there are a lot of stories around this that, that you can, that, you know, the reader or the listeners can, 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 can read up on. But the, the bottom line is in the span of 19 days, we got that entire facility up and up and running and, and we ended up you know executing pretty well for our, our our customers after losing you know millions of dollars worth of inventory millions of dollars worth of equipment wow. damage and, and it was just a but it was an all-out team focused effort we oh and that's that's the business side but the personal side of this is we had you know unfortunately tons of people displaced from their homes we had um you know we, we had obviously people dealing with personal losses etc so we kind of came together as a company on, the, on that side as well. And, and we sort of, you know, we did, you know, various, you know, um, team building things where we, we collected and, and gave you know, to our team members. And the reason I'm telling you the story is after that period, our team at Chocolate Inn became so tight that we were kind of like unbreakable. And, and that sort of guts of that team is kind of what in part helped give us the sort of backbone to do some of the things we've been fortunately able to do. It's the core of that team. And we take this stuff really serious, especially the team side. Um, so when I look at 2020, I kind of look at it the same way. Um, we've gone through as a manufacturer, as a supplier, managing through this. I mean, you know, we've been in the office every day. You know, our factories have been open every day. Our teams have been working socially distanced, but every day to get the work out the door for our distributor customers. And, 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 and we've done it and we've executed. So when I look at 2020, have we been perfect every single time? No. Um, are we ever perfect every time? No. But it would be we weird. Yeah. <laughs> it would be weird if you're perfect this year. <laughs> yeah. But, 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 but do, do we do the best we can, of course? And, you know, are we going to emerge this year as a stronger team and a strong company? Yes. And, and, and I would say that, that where I see us going to 2021 is the same way in after Hurricane Sandy, we'd gone through a crazy period and as a team, we were closer, we're closer. I mean, yeah. we, we, we've really, you know, sort of banded together as a group and, and, and I'm excited for, for what we have as a team and as a company. And so, so when I look at 2021, what gives me excitement is, you know, um, is the strength of our team. And on top of that, um, we've used this time period to, to invest in, in, in some things, which I'm really excited about. One being obviously the ACE um, acquisition and 
the opportunities that we see in collections and in you know, the agency business. But in addition, we've used kind of this period to invest in technology, some infrastructure pieces, et cetera, so that as you know, we all come out of this, um, you know, I, I believe that distributors are not gonna be rushing necessarily to add a ton of additional overhead. So we've invested in technology pieces. You know, we, I, you know, in addition, we've invested in design and development pieces. So as, you know, we can make those investments to give our distributor partners the tools they need to make themselves, you know, successful and just be, just be great partners. And so I, I would say right now, I really, I'm excited about my team. I'm excited about what we've done. And then I would all say we've done a lot of infrastructure kind of in-house sort of investments to position ourselves, whether it's product, whether it's technology, whether it's design, whether it's development, to give us those tools so that as, you know, kind of this, this world turns into next year, you know, we can be tremendous, hopefully tremendous partners to Kirby, to folks like yourselves and, and, and sort of the other distributor um, customers. Cool. Well, that's great, man. You have, you've rocked it out. You've asked, answered all three of my questions. Um, I give everybody a chance to ask me one question. Did you have one for me? I do. Um, so uh, I was unprepared for this question, but I, I'll, I'll give it a shot. Okay. Um, so I'd love to understand uh, from you the distributor supplier relationship mm -hmm. in 2010, when we first entered the market, I'd love to see your perspective of it, you know, okay. not, not necessarily that year, but, but excellent, a decade yeah. ago. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'd love to see your, hear about your perspective today. And I'd love to hear about your perspective sort of going forward and, and how, you know, folks like that are in my seat or other seats, can continue to add how you kind of see the evolution of that and how we can continue to be, you know, great partners to you guys to enhance your business and, and how that sort of dovetails with, you know, where you see, you know, the role of the distributor. I, I would just love to get my head around that because that's because I think um, you know, that, that's a question I don't get to ask that often. Okay. No, that's great. I love it. So I would say, um, and, and this is off the top of my head, I would say, you know, a decade ago, uh, I was like a lot of folks in the industry in the sense that I was very transactional based, right? Like we were, you know, selling the, the pen or the shirt or the thing. I wasn't doing a lot of more of the curated collection as, as, as you talked about. It's one of the things I think that we've seen over the last 10 years in the industry, and I hope that we've evolved too, but I think the industry has evolved. Suppliers and some of the best distributors really have take, um, you know, I think so many times we say we're creative, but coming up with three different kind of pens is not creative. It's like, how do we not only come up with the right product at the right time, but also the right delivery and all that sort of thing. Um, but the idea of putting all that together in a collection, I think is super interesting and really adding, um, real creative work. So more ad agency sort of, uh, style is the the trend I've seen over the last decade and I'm excited about because I think it elevates the rest of the industry. Um, for me, you know, I look at, you know, I, the way I sort of select suppliers starts with relationships. Uh, number one, I mean, you know, I think foundationally, if people don't continue to, they don't keep their promises and they can't deliver and they don't have quality. I mean, those are kind of foundational, but past that, because I think almost all suppliers do a good job with that. Then it becomes relationships, it becomes creativity, and it becomes um, then sort of delivery. Um, sure, the price has to be in there, 
But to me, if we're doing the other stuff right, we'll just select a product that fits in the right budget and price. You know what I'm saying? Um, so, so that is where I see the, um, the evolution of the supplier distributor um, relationship moving. And it's where, why, you know, when we talked, I thought that it was interesting when you can say, hey, we can curate all of an entire collection. That's where, you know, I think people always talk about, you know, mergers and acquisitions might not, you know, oh my God, people are scared about those. To me, that's where I see the advantage of it. Because if we can put those together in one collection, then it becomes super interesting as opposed to having to pull it from 15 different suppliers. So does that make sense? It does. Okay. Well, cool, man. You have done a great job. You've answered all my questions and uh, we will have to do it again sometime. Okay. Cool. Kirby. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Well, that's going to wrap up this edition of Delivering Marketing Joy. We'll see you next time. Yeah.